Good morning. Welcome to our continuing Bible study in Luke chapter 23. And uh, <clears throat> we've, we're in that point of time in the scripture leading up to the crucifixion. Jesus is, is, uh, been, he's left the praetorium. They've taken him from the praetorium. They've laid the cross on one Simonus Cyrenian that we, we looked at in a previous lesson there. And, and, <clears throat> what might be happening with him later on. And so he's on this path from the judgment hall, the praetorium, and on his way to Golgotha, the the last few steps that he was going to take in the, in this manifestation. And, and so we'll begin reading in uh, verse 26, and we're going to read down uh, through verse 31 today. And as they led him away, they laid hold on one Simon, a Cyrenian. That was that uh, region just out of Libya in in uh, North Africa, close to Tripoli. And <clears throat> coming out of the country and laid on him the cross that he might bear it after Jesus. And there followed him a great company of people and of women which also bewailed and lamented him. But Jesus turned unto them and said, Daughters of Jerusalem, weep not for me, but weep for yourselves and for your children. For behold, the days are coming in which they shall say, Blessed are the barren, and the wombs that never bear, and the paps which never gave suck. Then shall they begin to say unto the mountains, Fall on us, and to the hills, cover us. For if they do these things in a green tree, what shall be done in the dry? What a terrible uh, prophecy that he, he foretells there. And and, uh, and not the first time he'd mentioned that. We'll cover that a little bit here later. And he mentioned that in uh, Luke chapter 19, if you'll recall. <clears throat> and so today's uh, lesson is titled uh, Jerusalem in Heaps. And... That's what uh, Jeremiah called it. and He was foretelling the fall of Jerusalem in the time of uh, the Babylonians and that, that era. But many, we find many uh, the same things happening here, just a repetition and for the same reasons. They, they went away from God. They went to idol worship. They, they turned from him. And and it, they were the nation. They were punished for that. And uh, in Jerusalem uh, six six it says, "Hew down trees and cast a mount against Jerusalem." Cut. They cut down all the trees around there and used them to wage war against them. And they they built. You know, in Jerusalem they had these three kind of three layers of walls around the city and except for the places where there was a real steep slope off into a valley where it was tough terrain to approach the city to attack it. And, and so the, the Romans just kind of filled it all in and they built kind of ramps up to the wall in 70 A.D., when this invasion took place that we're talking about here today and 
Um, but because of idolatry, uh, God used the Nebuchadnezzar in a punitive way <clears throat> uh, against Jerusalem and the nation, and and then He turned around later and punished them <laughs> for that. And, and the same thing is happening here in the time of Luke in this gospel of the uh, the atoning death of Christ. And you know, for the most part, the people were caught up in this religious folly of works and pretending to keep the law and and as Norman mentions I don't think very many people brought uh, sin offerings <laughs> I didn't I'm not I'm not admitting to anything <clears throat> and you know they waited they waited centuries for the Messiah to come and when he came they rejected him and their their preconceived idea of the Messiah was to lead an army and overthrow the Romans. And instead, he attacked the temple and cleaned it out. <laughs> you made it a den of thieves. He threw out the money changers and those that sold livestock. And he, he attacked their religion instead of the Romans. That That's not right. And he condemned the the religious works of the Jews and ass verbally assaulted the chief priests and the rulers of the Jews for their, you worship me with your lips, but your heart is far from me. That's not what, that's not our idea of the Messiah. <laughs> you should be on our side. So he wasn't attacking who they thought he should attack and and... Uh, so doom for him <clears throat> and he tells them though that here's the doom that's coming to you here in Romans uh, 23 28 and back in Luke 19 we, we read the same thing it's interesting that the the tactics of the invaders are almost exactly the same it's almost like they studied history and say well if you want to you want to sack Rome here or Jerusalem here's how to do it <laughs> it's already the battle plan has already been successfully used so we're going to do it again hew down trees and cast them out against Jerusalem uh, and so the words that were spoken by Christ as recorded in our text today gives uh, many details both physical and spiritual in, in uh, context and he says don't weep for me I'm going to be fine <laughs> three days I'm going to rise again <laughs> weep for yourselves because this place is is doomed and because you knew us not the time of thy visitation that's what tells us in Luke chapter 19 verse 44 and you know Luke 19 and 23 are just real closely linked in this same uh issue regarding the state of affairs in Jerusalem and in religion and the fulfillment of the gospel the, the time was coming <clears> that the day shall come upon thee you know in, in Jeremiah when he wrote about the, the Babylonians and the siege that they had back then he's, in Jeremiah 14 he says there was none to bury them famine and sword killed them in like in a uh, 
Luke 19, we'll, let's read back there. Let's turn back to Luke 19, 41 there. And, and as, Jerus as, he, as Jesus made that triumphant entrance into Jerusalem, remember when we studied that, he came down from the Mount of Olives. And, and you know, during the siege of Jerusalem, there was, uh, I can't remember how Josephus recorded, there was like, a thousand Roman soldiers stationed on the Mount of Olives. They were just jammed up there waiting to attack. And he said, when he was come near, he beheld the city and wept over it. And he said, if thou had known, even thou, at least in this thy day, the day when I'm actually standing here in front of you, looking you in the eye and preaching the gospel and raising people from the dead and healing and giving sight to the blind and allowing the deaf to hear and all those things that he expounded from the Old Testament, the things that he actually did. If thou at least in this thy day, if you had known the things which belong to thy peace, but now they're hid from thine eyes. And he was talking about the peace between one that's born again and God, not national wartime peace like what's not going on over there in Israel right now. They have a little war over there right now. <clears throat> and he says, For the day shall come upon thee that thine enemy shall cast a trench about thee and compass thee around and keep thee in on every side and shall lay thee even with the ground and thy children within thee and they shall not leave in thee one stone upon another, because thou knewest not the time of thy visitation. You know, John wrote in chapter 1, he says, He came unto his own, and his own received him not. In verse 45, Then he came into temple, he went into the temple, and he began to cast out them that sold therein, and them that bought, saying unto them, It is written, my house is the house of prayer, but you have made it a den of thieves. And he taught daily in the temple. But the chief priests and the scribes and the chief of the people sought to destroy him. His own received him not. You know, so it's no surprise when he later says, they sought to destroy him. He says, destroy this temple. In three days, I'll raise it up again. <laughs> And they said, this temple took like 46 years to build and you're going to raise it up in three days. So they they had this over the... They, they didn't have any idea what he was talking about. In Luke chapter 21, speaking of that temple, uh, some spoke of the temple, how it was adorned with goodly stones and gifts. And he said, as for these things, which ye behold, the days will come in which there shall not be left one stone upon another that shall not be thrown down. So he, he keeps adding drips and drabs of this things that are going to befall Jerusalem in, in 37 years. It's not that long away that these things are going to occur. All according to his purpose and all according to his timing. And... 
destroy this temple in three days I'll raise it up what a picture what a what a great description we have of the view that God had of the, the goings on they <clears throat> the temple had been made into a den of thieves and the purpose and design of it they had destroyed it was physically there but the intent of it was destroyed the purpose of it was destroyed by the people that had no knowledge really of God or grace or the gospel they just turned it into a thing they just turned it into a a ceremonial show piece it was it was of no spiritual value the way that they were utilizing it it had all the it was a lot like religion today it had all of the surface external characteristics they said the Jesus word they said the Messiah word they said the the God word and they had the 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 place where the Gentiles couldn't go no further and they had the holy of holies and they had the all the boxes where you could put your money in and and the court of the women and all these things that were originally designed to be a part of declaring the gospel of grace were all just turned into things that you do or you don't do or places you can go or you can't go and only certain ones are allowed here and not there and 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 if you pay me enough money we'll abracadabra you and forgive your <laughs> forgive your sins uh, they destroyed it spiritually it was it was a it was gone and it was only a matter of time before it was gone physically as well <clears throat> and so we have that revelation from Luke 19 and Luke 21 and then in Luke 23 weep not for me but weep for yourselves and for your children for behold the days are coming 37 years in which they shall say boy you're going to gonna wish that you didn't even have any kids you're going to wish that you were just buried that you were hills fall on us cover us if they do these things in a green tree to the very Christ that was standing there the Romans and the people are going to do these things to a green tree what will they do in this dead old dried up stick <laughs> it's going to burn up like like crazy so some things that we want to consider today there there are certain ones that are identified as they here in the two texts first the they that in Luke back in our text in Luke 1942 which alludes to Christ and his atoning work saying if thou had known even thou at least in this day the things which belong to thy peace but now they are hid from your eyes you didn't know them and without revelation you can't know them and when it gets to this point it's too late there's going to be some judgment coming they're hid from your eyes 
<clears throat> Secondly, we have the daughters of Jerusalem that are foretold what they're going to say during this time in in 70 AD is when this actually comes to pass, 37 years later. These daughters of Jerusalem, these women that are weeping and lamenting at his, as he's going along on his way to be crucified, they're going to say, Oh, blessed are those that don't have kids. I have a kid, but I wish I didn't. And, uh, I wish I was dead. <laughs> I wish I was covered up. And and lastly, the third reference is to the people who, along with the chief priests and the elders that were gathered together to do whatever the Lord determined before to be done, they demanded the Romans execute. And the Romans were seemingly connived into executing Jesus to appease the Jewish leaders. But, you know, Pilate, he gave two or three attempts at saying, nah, we don't, he's not done anything worthy of death. But then he went ahead and did it anyway. And then he had him beat, had him scourged. And, uh, but all these things were happening according to the purpose of him who willeth all things to happen after the counsel of his own will from eternity. I find no fault. He's done nothing worthy of death. And all the people yelled, crucify him, crucify him. He says, okay. Let it be on your head. And they, and that's what they said. Norm brought that out this morning. It's, it's on our head, us and our children. We take responsibility for this this act <clears throat> away with this man and release unto us Barabbas and we covered that so <clears throat> as we're looking at this Jesus is walking along or trotting along this path to his, his execution and this multitude of people and the women that's described here in Luke 23 as he's given over to a certain crucifixion by the command of the Romans, you know, he's saying, this, God is going to use these same Romans to punish you guys. You're using them to have me killed. Well, God's going to use them to have you killed. <laughs> the Romans are carrying out what God before determined to be done. It's what tells us in Acts 4. The people, Herod and Pontius Pilate, all these people were gathered together to do what he had before determined to be done. But he said, it, that's going to happen, but it's not going to be good for you by whom it was done. <clears throat> the green tree again typifies Christ versus the dry tree, which typified the Jews as religiously dead. So dead they were dried up. They're like those bones there in the Ezekiel's Valley of the Dry Bones. He said, and he said, they're not just dry. They're like very dry. They're just like dust. <clears throat> no visible sign of life. That's what that metaphor is for. <clears throat> if they do these things in a green tree, what shall be done in the dry? But you know, in the midst of all this, there's just the wonderful miracle of the gospel. The miracle of a remnant according to the election of grace, 
revealed in time, a people foreknown of God, predestinated and called and justified by the death of the Son, ready to be manifested when it pleased God. Many of these people were there. Many of these people were in that crowd that followed him along. Many were the ones that said, crucify him, crucify him, because they, like all of us before we're born again, were at enmity against God. And so it's no great marvel that they would say, we won't have this man over us. Crucify him, crucify him. And, you know, we remember that there was, it was commanded that if you were a Jew, you had to attend these three feasts every year, if you're a male Jew. And so every Passover, there was a millions of Jews that came to Jerusalem to celebrate the Passover feast. And it's no different, right, at this time of this writing in, in Luke. We had Simon the Cyrene. He was from Libya. And, and people from every nation, people from all over the, the world were there that were proselytes and Jews, as it tells us in Acts chapter 2. Uh, this crowd following Jesus from the Praetorium to Golgotha and right along behind him are two thieves. mocking and shouting at him. <laughs> they they cast the same in, in their teeth that said that when they were crucified, if thou be the Christ, save us and save yourself and come down off the cross and yeah, you're no you're no God, you're nothing. You're dying just like us and then the big change for the one. <clears throat> but you know, as Christ was going along and he had this multitude around him, I was telling Norm, so I think he looked out there and he could see, I'm dying for your sins and you 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 and you. You're mine, you're mine, you're mine. God gave you and you and you and you and you and you. He gave all of you to me to redeem. I th he could look out in that crowd and see them. He could look behind him and see one of those thieves. said, you're mine too. Even though you're cursing me right now. <laughs> Is, you know, I like what Lance said. You know, he just had gentle things to say. He didn't, he didn't curse the world. He didn't curse the people and say, you guys are all... He said, when he came into Jerusalem, he looked over it and wept because of unbelief. He knew not the time of thy visitation. He didn't know when I was here. And he didn't have anything terrible to say except, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. All these gentle things, that, as Lance pointed out, that he said when he could have knocked them all down and killed them all and turned them all into charcoal and walked away and rose on, went back to heaven and all those things. But he just said, someone has to pay. Sin must be paid for. And I'm paying for yours. I'm on my way to do that. 
I'm the lamb slain from before the foundation of the world. <clears throat> so even as they rejected him and he wept over the blindness of the people and the fake religion and the worship that was by lips only and not the heart, he wept over what was to be come, over Jerusalem, his city, <clears throat> what it was meant to be and what sin and the fall had turned it into. What a, what opposite. Those are, it just turns out that sin generates things that are just the opposite to, to God in an enmity with him. And so they took those things that were supposed to be telling the gospel and declaring grace and turned them into useless vanity and works. <clears throat> and <clears throat> in time, you know, the Pilate, he, he did some atrocious things in the temple and with some of the people. He, he had some people slain and mingled their blood with their sacrifices. Remember we read about that? And, all, you know, the, the Jews were getting all these things adding up that were against their, their religion. And they didn't like being <clears throat> under the control of Rome. And so they were kind of in this mutinous mode all the time, seditious. That's what they finally accused Jesus of was he said he was king. He's a seditious person. <clears throat> and so finally the Romans had enough and they sent Vespasian and his son Titus into the country to quell all this unrest. <clears throat> they went to Galilee first and killed a lot of people there. And then they went to uh, Gadara. And they stomped out all the insurrectionists in Gadara. Remember the maniac of Gadara? And, and Jesus went across the Sea of Galilee to that, just for that one guy. Because he said, you're mine. And from, from Gadara, they, they encircled Jerusalem. And, and you know, that doesn't happen in secret. The people... They all said, oh, we better get inside the wall so we'll be safe. So they encircled, they encamped them round about, just like Jesus said in the, his version there in, in Luke 19 and Luke 23. They, and they did what they called, they besieged them. And they just blocked, nobody could come in and no one could go out. And... Three days before the Passover, in April 70 A.D., the siege of Jerusalem began. Jerusalem would be in heaps. The days will come upon thee, thine enemies shall cast a trench about thee, encompass thee around, and keep thee in on every side. No one could go in and no one could go out. And remember, there's like a millions of Jews in there because it's Passover. So it's not like just the normal population of Jerusalem, but it's got Jews from every part of the world are there for this Passover. None, no one could come in and no one could go out. And for the time, you know, for a time, it wasn't that bad. But eventually, food began to run out. 
and armed mobs of gangs prowled the city. It's kind of like Baltimore and Portland and <laughs> Seattle. Just going around looting and pillaging at will with no consequences. There wasn't anybody there to make them behave because everybody was against everybody. There, nobody had any friends at this point. <clears throat> they broke into homes to loot food and valuables. And if they didn't find any, they would torture the people that lived there to make them talk. And if they looked well-fed, like me, <laughs> they would say, you obviously have a larder. <laughs> Where is it? And if you were rail thin, kind of weak looking, they'd torture you anyway, just in case. And so there wasn't any right answer. You couldn't say, yeah, I have food, go ahead and take it, or no, I don't have any food, so it doesn't matter. They killed them, they tortured them and then killed them anyway, just because they they could. And there was no there was no moral compass. There was no nothing of civilization left in there. People began to die. Criminals killed at will with no pre repercussions. People swallowed their valuables sometimes. If you had some gold coins or jewelry, you just guzzle them down so that the thieves wouldn't find them. But they got onto that, and so they just killed them, and then they did exploratory surgery. <laughs> See if you had swallowed any jewels or coins or whatever. Some of them, uh, early on in the siege, sometimes the Romans would let them, they, if they could escape the city, they would come out, and the Romans would say, okay, so you're not part of this. You may go your way. Go back to wherever. Antioch or Syria or wherever. <clears throat> but they, they would swallow their stuff and then they would go out at, when the Romans released them, then they go out in the bush and evacuate and get their money back and go their way. But pretty soon the Romans said, hey, you know what? They're not giving up in the city, so these people that are coming out, let's just kill them and crucify them and post them in the valley here and everywhere so that they can be seen from the city walls and and that'll be a object lesson to the people in the city that you should give up <laughs> and the people in the city said if we give up that's what they're going to do to us so we're not doing that either so just the atrociousness of the whole thing is is beyond our our capability to understand and believe and to imagine in, the, in our current stage where we are right now. <clears throat> and eventually the number of dead people from starvation after months goes by, months are going by, people are starving. And they some of them have money but there's nothing to buy. They bought up all the grain and the food and and they bought the stuff that you and I would not think of putting on the menu. 
and it just got worse and worse and worse and people were if you were old and not in good shape you, you were just you were dying and and eventually the number of dead eclipsed the ability of those inside to deal with and they just ended up throwing the bodies over the wall and down into the valley and it got so bad that even Vespasian went by there and he just wept the Roman general and his son Titus they just looked at the mayhem that was going on there and they just said why won't they give up and just surrender and just we'll be done with all this stuff but they wouldn't starvation and murder and mayhem was the norm now and cannibalism began to occur because there was nothing you think that you know you think that nah we would never do that <laughs> in Josephus recorded that 1.1 million Jews were killed in that siege and not all by the Romans a lot of them were killed by their own people <clears throat> 97,000 at the end of it 97,000 were enslaved and sent away at the time Jerusalem the city of Jerusalem uh, encompassed about the area of one square mile which is doing the math was uh, 3,097 3,097,600 square yards so a square yard is 9 by 9 9 feet by 9 feet 1.1 million Jews dead so one dead Jew for every three square yards if you do the math and figure out about every other square yard was there was a dead a dead Jew for that if you do the math it's all like a lot of dead people in a pretty small area <laughs> so you can just you, you can just imagine the scope of the awfulness and you know, as we noted in a previous lesson that Herod Herod had greatly enhanced the temple with gold plating and silver and all kinds of wonderful decorations and things to display his greatness. And when the Romans, when they finally entered the city, they set fire to the city and the temple. And surface gold was looted by the soldiers and then the fire caused it to melt and run between the cracks of the stones and so the soldiers took the little short swords and they pried the stones of the temple apart with their swords to get at the gold that had melted and ran down between the cracks not one stone will be left upon another that's what Jesus said Jerusalem shall be in heaps In Luke 21, 5 says, And some spake of the temple, how it was adorned with goodly stones and gifts, gold and silver. For these things which you behold, the days will come in which there shall not be left one stone upon another. <clears throat> he was through with their religious fakery. He said, you turn this into a den of thieves, tearing it down, it's not coming back. 
We're not building it again. You're, it's destroyed. Awful beyond belief. Nothing compared to eternity without Christ. You know, in, in Second Kings, to show you that there's nothing new and that all this stuff is just gets repeated, <clears throat> when Ben-Hadad sieged Samaria in Second Kings 6.25, you can go to your Bibles and read this. It was awful. There was a great famine in Samaria, and behold, they besieged it until an ass's head was sold for four score pieces of silver. The head of a donkey, the part that they usually just throw away, bury, haul off to the boneyard, four pieces of silver, and the fourth part of a cab of dove's dung for five pieces of silver. Now, I don't know who, who's going to have doves dung on their menu after church today. <laughs> and we wouldn't pay five pieces of silver for it. <laughs> I'm always washing that off by the orchard. They're always pooping on my pickup all the time. and I wash that off. <laughs> I'm not eating that for lunch. But, but that's, the, that's the level of desperation that was going on. And it, and it gets worse in Second Kings... Uh, chapter 6 we we just read that part about them buying all these atrocious things because they were starving but in 2nd Kings chapter 6 we're about out of time I'll just quickly give you the cliff notes of it a couple of women got together and one of them said hey you know what if we eat your son tomorrow or today we can eat mine tomorrow so the, the first woman says, oh, okay. So we boiled my son and ate him. And then the next day, that the other woman says, I don't know what you're talking about. And so she went to the king and said, hey, you know what? We agreed to eat our children and then uh, we ate mine. And then she's like gone back on her word. <laughs> The king said, What aileth thee? And she answered, This woman said unto me, Give me thy son that we may eat him today and we'll eat my son tomorrow. You know, we just can't imagine that level of desperation. But it happened and it was recorded in Second Kings. Same thing happening here in Luke 23 where he's saying this is what's going to happen in 70 AD. And you're, you're just going to say... You're just going to wish you didn't have any children. How awful. 37 years later, that's going to come to pass. But you know, through this, there was that election according to the remnant of grace. God looked out there and some of his people were there. There was Simon the Cyrenian bearing the cross and the thief behind him and the centurion at the cross later that said, truly, this was the Son of God. And, you know, in Acts chapter 2, we're just, we're, we're out of time here, but all these people got together 50 days later at the Feast of Pentecost and Peter was preaching the gospel to all these Jews that were still there and 
the crucifixion was gone and Jesus was resurrected and, and he preached to them the gospel and said this same Jesus which you have crucified is Lord and King and they said oh what shall we do and he said repent and be baptized every one of you and and that day there was 3,000 of them added to the church and the Lord added daily such as should be saved to the uh, church Acts uh, chapter 2 36 through 47 so out of that multitude that he was walking by that was gaping on him and there was 3,000 there was more and I'm sure he was looking out there and saying I'm, I'm going for you with his stripes we're healed remnant according to the election of grace so we'll stop there until next time